This podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, hosted by the BatmanUniverse.net. Check out everything related to Batman and the entire Bat family at the BatmanUniverse.net, including news and original content related to comics, movies, television, merchandise, video games, and more. Also, check out some of the other unique podcasts that TBU has to offer. Consider supporting this podcast by becoming a patron on Patreon. Even $1 can go a long way in supporting this content that you enjoy. Look for a link over at thebatmanuniverse.net to offer your support now. And now, on with the show. Hi, my name is Peter Tomasi. Hi, this is James Hyman IV. Hi, I'm Dan Jurgens. Hey, I'm Duncan Wynn. This is Jim Lee. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Mark Hamill speaking. This is Kevin Conroy. This is Tim Sale. Hello, everyone. I'm Batman, and you're listening to my podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Batman Universe comic podcast, season 12, episode 1. It's a brand new year, and we're starting a brand new Batman run. We have a new co-host, so let's get started. This is Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. All right, so since we do have a new host, let's get a few pieces of information so we can tell all our listeners who you are and what your relationship to Batman is, since this is the Batman universe. So, who are you? <laughs> well, I'm Theo. Uh, on the Discord, I'm known as Admiral Wright. Um I have been uh, with the Batman universe as a staff member for a few months, uh, but I've been following the site for a few years. Uh, back when Ed and uh, Ed and Gang was hanging with Dustin uh, with the comic podcast, um, been collecting comics for quite a while uh, since I was nine. So comics is not new to me. Uh, been a Batman fan, say, since Death in the Family. Death in the Family. Tell us a bit more about that. How old were you when that came out? Well, <laughs> like generally. You don't have to give us a specific uh, year. I, 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 I can't remember. I want to say maybe, oh, let me see. Death in the Family came out in early 90s. Uh, so I was right on the crusp of, of entering high school. Um, yeah, that's that's part of my history. I, I try to wipe out uh, because <laughs> that was that was the most abuse that I've, I've mm. ever had from my grandmother. God bless her soul. Uh, but it was not without reason. Um, I probably had about fifty dollars worth of uh, toll charges on the phone bill because I just couldn't stop calling and voting for Jason to die. And uh, some I don't regret. My butt regret it, but uh, <laughs> but it was it was uh, but that, that it was that moment that Batman became the comic character for me. Before then, I was dilly dallying uh, between Marvel and DC and read a few uh, Dark Horse comics as well. Dark Horse was really coming out with the Terminator comic books. Um, but it was it was with Death in the Family that uh, I really stuck to Batman as, as my comic character. Uh, prior to 2005, I probably 
had I had all of the four hundreds, eighty percent of the five hundreds, uh, and was moving on into the six and sevens, and then Hurricane Katrina hit and wiped out mm, about seventy percent of my comic collection. Oh, uh, oh man! That's so um, since then, I've been slowly but surely adding back. Uh, I have pretty much all of the four hundreds back. I'm actually finishing up the 600s uh, right now, since they seem to be more easily attainable uh, and reasonable price-wise. And then uh, I'll be getting back into the foray of getting the 500s and everything else. So um, that's my mini-comic history. Well, I personally find that extremely inspiring. I think that's great, except for the part where <laughs> your grandmother tanned your hide for calling to kill Jason, and um, um, <laughs> the part well, where you know, I, her I, I was, tanned your comics. You know, that was back in the day, you know, where, you know, 976 calls and 1-900 numbers, you know, was still fairly new, you know, and, you know, not all kids understood what it yeah. meant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because back then we still had the jukebox channel. So, you know, we were calling and ordering music to watch music videos. Yes, I'm that old. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it really didn't hit me until she hit me. And, oh. uh, well, and inflation <laughs> means that like 50 bucks is a lot more back then than it is mm-hmm. now. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And again, I was living with my, my 60-year-old grandmother who was living off of Social Security. So, uh, mm. yeah, I had to go groveling to mom to, 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 to get money to pay that phone bill. because. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm trying to remember, how much were comics back then? Uh, like a dollar? Uh, I want to say 75 cent, a dollar. Man, so you could have bought 50 comics with that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would, I, if I would have got home on time, I probably would have pulled out my copies of Death in the Family to, just to reminisce. But yeah, they, they were not expensive at all. Uh, if anything, it might have been a dollar, maybe a dollar, but nothing more than that. Uh, you know, because again, I was on the cusp of, of high school. So, you know, just getting to the comic book shop that I was going to was a, was a task because it was a few miles from home and, you know, I didn't want to spend money getting on the bus. So I would walk those few miles each time to go and pick up my pool, you know, and I never knew a pool until I actually started the pool. Uh, God, I'm old. <laughs> I don't well, think you're that much older than us. <laughs> well, we're going to have one question that we're going to ask every host. And that is, what are you hoping for in 2020 for the Batman universe. It can be about Batman. It can be about any of the Bat family. It can be about movies or comics. But what are you hoping for this year? I I hope that if there is a reboot for Batman, which they've been kind of teasing, they might do it 100. Well, I guess that if they're going, are they going monthly on Batman? Or is that just Detective? They've been soliciting it double. So not okay, for so another we might- four months. So we'll probably hit a hundred this year. And uh, yeah, I, I think they're like doing a hundred, and t- I think they're doing double until they reach a hundred. Are they? And then go to singles? But yeah, I just hope I, whatever they do isn't awful. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I remember it was one of those interviews with King, and King yeah. was mentioning that they were probably doing double to a hundred because they had something special planned for Batman. Oh. 
Well, although to be fair, they've changed their minds like five times since they said that. (laughs) So true. So, Theo, what are you looking forward to in 2020? I am looking just for some uniformity in, in, Mm. in the Batman universe for 2020. You know, for the past few years, we we're reading, you know, books with the same character that just seems so out of whack. We are trying to figure out, well, at what point of continuity is this, you know? <laughs> and, and, you know, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm thinking that we have some glimmer of hope um, coming with regards to some of the changes with, with, with the creators, uh, particularly with Tynion coming on. Mm-hmm. So I'm just hoping that, you know, at some point in 2020, there'll, there'll be some uniformity, not just with uh, Batman and Detective, but to the other Bat books as well, since they all feed off of uh, tech and, and the main book. That's great. I personally, I mean, my list is very short and it's very simple. And I'm hoping that Theo will troll me as he should. I want a Steph solo book, so. <laughs> and no, I don't think it's likely, but that's what I want. That's Tetch. For a Mad Hatter, he's kind of, well, hatless. No hats. It's a condition of his parole. Hmm. Good thing he's not called the Mad Panther. I want, you know, since, since we're talking about, I, I want a cast book. I would love to see a cast book. Yeah, um, I mean, I like her in Outsiders, but I think, there's just so much, so many characters. It's hard for her to get, you know, her own development there. Um, True. I, I personally, I mean, I've been pitching this one for years. I want Babs, Steph, and Cass all together because I think three characters is enough for everyone to get time in the sun, but it also gives every Batgirl fan what they want, you know? Yeah, what if it was said at different times? Like, what if it was an anthology ish type ish book where. Where you have like you know how they have the Batman of today and the Batman of tomorrow, like the Batgirl of today and tomorrow and yesterday, and then and then it was those three. Would that be? That'd be very interesting. Although it'd be hard for me because I like them interacting. I like the relationship Uh, they have with each other. So that'd be my one hesitation with that. Yeah, and if there was one thing I I I enjoyed, and and you know one of the things you know I know internal was what brought in into the Batman universe, but it internal wasn't great for me. But if there was one thing that I really wanted out of Eternal, uh, especially Eternal One, was a book with the Robins, particularly. Tim, Jason, and and Damien. I mean, just looking at the relationships that those guys had, mm-hmm. both in Volume One and, and then again in Volume Two, was just awesome. And I, I would love to have a Robin's book. Not We Are Robin. <laughs> we Are Robin wasn't terrible, but it wasn't what we wanted. No, it wasn't. But I, I mean, I, I am one hundred percent with you. I'd love to see a Robin's book. I mean, I'm hoping that the. Um, issue in March we're getting Robin the 100 page super spectacular has some elements of that with the Robins interacting not just stories about them by themselves I mean because when you look at them when they're together and it doesn't matter who writes them I mean you saw with 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 King when he did uh uh the issues with um when he and Selena went after Talia to get uh, Holly back. And mm-hmm. you saw that relationship with Damien and Dick just sitting on the steps and how those mm-hmm. two are just able to just 
get along mm-hmm. uh, more than any other member of the Bat family. It's just mm-hmm. awesome. And, you know, I, I know it goes back to their days when Dick wore the cow, but, I mean, the, the, the relationship with those two guys is just mm-hmm. spectacular. I think one of my favorite one of my favorite panels in like the all of history is when Dick comes back from Spiral and Damien just jumps in his arms because he's so excited to see. And his they big both brother. say, "You're alive." That issue brings <laughs> me to tears every time. It was the first issue I got signed by Tom King. Oh, that's cool. All right, so let's get started on our reviews. We've got two books. We're going to be doing Batman number 86, and because Detective has gone monthly, we're actually doing Nightwing number 68 as well. So let's get started with Batman number 86. Written by James Tynan, drawn by Tony Daniel, colors by Tomu Mori. Outside a club in the cauldron neighborhood of Gotham City, a doorman falls to the pavement poisoned with venom from the sea wasp, a unique type of jellyfish. As he dies, the assassin known as Cheshire walks past him, entering the club he was bouncing for. Inside, Cheshire greets Merlin and two other assassins named Gunsmith and Mr. Teeth. Across the city, Selina Kyle attends a wealthy socialite function at Tricorner Yards, running defense for Bruce Wayne. She communicates with Batman via a receiver. Selina is looking for something. While she admires a pearl necklace belonging to the mayor's wife, a suspicious man with a bow tie watches her from afar. Batman then checks in with Lucius Fox, who is at the new Wayne Enterprises Tricorner Yards campus, sub-basement, creating a new vehicle called the Night Climber. Lucius shares his reservations about this vehicle's lack of testing, but Batman deploys it anyway. Across the street from the club in the cauldron, Batman ruminates on a rooftop. Days ago, he was alerted to a dark web posting about a high-profile assassination in Gotham City. The highest-paid assassins were brought to Gotham with Deathstroke in charge. Batman has preparing to take them out ever since. Once the night climber is in position, Batman uses it to assault the club. It distracts and traps Cheshire, Merlin, Mr. Teeth, and Gunsmith, while Batman takes on Deathstroke. As the two fight, Deathstroke tells Batman that Bane made a fool out of the bat. Slade taunts Batman further, divulging how criminals think Batman's gone mad. Deathstroke then says that his group of assassins is simply a diversion from the real prize, but Batman is already aware. In Tricorner Yards, the mysterious man with the bow tie is about to push some sort of trigger. Selina Kyle, in her full Catwoman suit now, intervenes and demands an explanation. The man begins to die from the same venom the doorman was killed with earlier in the issue. As he dies, he reveals that he's enacting designs meant to replace Bruce Wayne's. A speaker erupts from the dead man's throat. The voice is reminiscent of the Joker's, or meant to appear that way, and it taunts Catwoman about this event being the first step of a perfect crime she once knew about. Bruce Wayne has a design for Gotham City, the voice says, but so do we. Batman has Lucius inform the GCPD to prepare five cells for the incoming assassins. He loads a defeated Deathstroke onto the Night Climber and takes flight, thinking of all the times he and Alfred would disagree about a day when Gotham wouldn't need Batman. In this moment, Bruce remembers that Alfred believed that Batman could create a Gotham where Batman didn't need to exist, 
and the limitations Bruce presented in that scenario were self-created. I think what's possible is only limited by what you believe is possible, Alfred said. Epilogue. Joker's henchmen and clown masks burn their fellow henchmen alive. They're following orders to make sure nobody talks, which means silencing hired help who know the greater workings of their employer's grand designs. As the carnival burns down, the last remaining henchman shoots his colleague before calling in to confirm that the deed is done. As he calls in, an explosion silences him, too. So, first issue of a new run. Although this is far from the first issue of Batman that James Tynan has ever written. How do you think Tynan sets up this new run as uh, the first part of a new story? What were your general reactions? I really liked that he he didn't just wipe the slate clean. Like he's holding on to some things. Like throughout the whole issue, you know, we see Batman sort of struggling with with Alfred not being there. And in fact, this whole new Gotham, whatever it is that Bruce is trying to set up, is seems like it's coming from his love for Alfred. Like this is something that Bruce has worked on for years and he never thought would work. And because Alfred would keep prompting him and keep believing in him, it seems like it's something that he's now doing in honor of Alfred. So I really liked the sort of carrying over of, of the emotions from the previous run. Um, I love the use of Selena that it seems like she was the one actually taking care of the big, score whatever and he was he has trusted her to do that which you know batman likes to be in control and not necessarily trust people unless he really trusts them so i thought that was really cool that she's now officially part of the bat family in the fold and is has tasks to do so i i really liked the carryover it's its own story it's a new thing but it's also taking what king set up and using it instead of just either ignoring it or pretending like it's not that important. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to. I don't want to say too much more than what what Steph said uh, because I'm kind of the same opinion. But I, I really want to touch more, you know, and, and piggyback more on on the emotional aspect of it, you know, especially, you know, in in those few pages where Bruce is calling out to Alfred, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he's constantly saying, Alfred, can, you know, and, and Lucius finally comes on and says, you know, Alfred's not here and it really hits him, you mm-hmm. know, and, and he kind of plays it off and, and says, I, you know, sorry, Lucius, but you could see in the writing and in the voice that Tynan gave Bruce throughout the issue that it really hit him again, that, mm-hmm. oh, wow, uh, this is real, you know, the, the person who's been here, for so long isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, not much more than what, what Steph was saying with regards to how, you know, how Tanyan uh, picked up this first issue. He kind of hinted at it, uh, you know, in the multiple interviews that he's given. Uh, but yeah, uh, he, he, in those few pages, he really hit us with some emotion mm-hmm. uh, in not just Bruce's words, but his reaction. That's a really great point. One of the things I've always loved about Tynan is he does take time to slip those moments in where you really let things that, you know, the reader feels also come through the characters. And it's always in character. It's not like he's just sort of putting in a moment. It's clearly something that makes sense for Bruce to be feeling now. So I I also like, I think that this, 
I, I think you could probably label this a number one, but I also like that it's not, you know, ignoring what came before. It's its mm-hmm. own thing, but it respects what's come before. And I'm looking forward to how he respects what's going on over in Detective and in Batgirl and, and so forth. Um, as, as Theo said, I think Tynan is very good at, at doing that kind of collaboration. So I think this is a great setup issue for, for those reasons, the emotion that Theo brought out and just the, the honoring what came before that Steph brought out. So next question. What do you think of the revelation that Catwoman has a secret from her past involving the villain of this arc? Um, I don't think too much of it. I mean, it makes sense because she is from the villain world. So she's got, she's got a history and a view of things that Bruce doesn't having being the hero. So I, I think it'll give her some knowledge and some extra input that she might not normally have. But I don't think I don't think she has much loyalty to the rogue community. I don't really see that as a loyalty as a as a trait that that rogues have. Um, so I don't I don't imagine that there's going to be any conflict of interests or anything like that. It might be that she feels guilty about something and maybe holds on to the information just for that sake. Like she maybe doesn't want to appear. I don't know. She doesn't want to come off as as evil or something. I don't know, but don't know where I was going with that. But basically, she's just she she might have she might play a bigger part than anticipated. Yeah, I'm I'm not too surprised that you know again, just like Steph said, you know she's from the the rogues community. Um, you know, you can't you know just commit to Bruce and all of a sudden think your past is is wiped mm-hmm. clean. So yeah, the fact that someone from her past life is is addressing her and and you know she knows who this who this character is you know shouldn't be too surprising um to kind of go along with what steph was saying with regards to commitment is it seems from the issue she does know who who this person is the question is now will she immediately tell bruce mm-hmm. uh who this person is, or is this something that she's going to hold back out of fear of that past life or Mm -hmm. that past life coming back and, you know, Bruce learning something that he wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's a great point. What I took away from this is that Tynan isn't going to treat Selena as the girlfriend. Tynan, (laughs) Tynan has a plot that involves her, in a way that's not just, oh, she's the love interest, she's the sidekick. She has a past, she's made her own choices, and those choices have their own consequences. And I think that he said over and over again that this is going to be a Bruce Wayne story and the villains, but I think he's also going to give characters like Lucius and Selina uh, their own choices, their own um, motivations that don't just involve Bruce. And I like that. I think that's good writing. Yeah, and I, and I think he he definitely has to considering the 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 one person who would have taken up much of the story is no longer there. That being Alfred, so he has to, you know, spread time and story to these other characters, particularly uh, to Lucius and to Selena, mm-hmm. especially if you know the rumors of what we're going to be getting down the line with with Batman is true. Yeah. Um... 
I'm a huge Luke Fox fan, and the rumors have been that he's going to become Batman for some kind of either event or initiative called 5G, standing for fifth generation. We haven't talked a lot about that on the podcast because it's really not been substantiated. Now, the rumors have been very consistent, but they also tend to come from the same people, so they could just be repeating themselves. I think that if they're going to do that kind of thing, they do need to build up Lucius and Luke as major mm-hmm. characters. So it's not just, oh, here's this character who was important like five years ago, and now he's Batman. I think that wouldn't work. And I, as a fan of Luke Fox, I would want him to be built up. So if yeah. they're going to do that, I hope that Tyna gives Luke something to do here. Well, I, I, to kind of piggyback on what you're what you're saying, I also think that if these things are going to happen, it's not going to happen anytime soon, simply because of like you were saying, you know, they need to build these characters up. And if the rumors are true, that it's not just Batman who's going, you know, Bruce Wayne, who's going to be going away, that we're going to see changes with most of the characters we've grown up knowing, they're going to need time to develop all of these characters who are going to step in and fill the shoes for however long that they plan on doing it. Agreed. And I hope that they do it well, because I don't I don't have a problem with, you know, legacy characters or, or, you know, a new character taking on an old role. But I want that character to have a backstory, a history, a reason for taking the role and not being their own hero. Okay, last question, Uh, both in issue number 85, the last issue of Tom King's run and this issue, uh, James Tynan has included like a three page epilogue featuring the Joker. Do these epilogues um, get you excited about what he's doing? Because this is clearly something that's going to happen much later in the arc. Or do they sort of seem like unnecessary? Well, at this point, it almost seems like it's the, it's the, what was the thing in Detective? The, the... Backups. Oh, gosh, Mr. You know, well, what was his name? Mr. Ice? Dr. Freeze. <laughs> Mr. Ice. Um, the Dr. Freeze, where half the story almost was told in these backups, and then they launched into a forgettable, weird story. So I hope that it's actually building up to something big and that it's just kind of warming the waters, warming our feet. I don't know. I don't know what the right idiom is here, but just getting us ready for the big thing that's coming, either the big finale to the story or a whole new story, and then it's just giving us a little hors d'oeuvre before we get there. So at this point, I'm apprehensive because I'm always apprehensive about the Joker, but it's I'm, I am enjoying them, and I'm glad they don't take up more space than they do. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of happy they don't take up too much space either. <laughs> if, there's, if there's really one thing that I appreciated about King's run was you didn't have a lot of Joker. You know, King mm-hmm. showed that you could do Batman without having the Joker so entrenched in it, you know, mm-hmm. with the exception of uh, jokes and riddles and with the exception of the few issues leading up to the wedding, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't get much of the Joker in the Batman, you know, book. And, you know, so I'm okay with, with a story with the Joker coming out. Cause it seems like with, with just like 
with the Mr. Freeze uh, epilogues that, you know, they finally brought him to attention. I think it's okay to have a, a arc or two. I just hope that the Joker doesn't become too entrenched mm-hmm. into Tanyan's run. And I don't think he will, considering Tanyan has said that this is going to be about villains uh, mm-hmm. with Bruce. So, you know, having a Joker arc or two won't be won't be bad for me uh as as a as a fan but i just i I just hope we don't get too much of him uh and knowing tynan i don't think we will but i've i've enjoyed the epilogue so far excellent i um i kind of think that they're kind of just there because as steph says they're sort of building to something and we don't know what yet i'm hoping that when we come back after they all tie together it'll read more we'll see how the stepping stones lead to the main plot. Um, I, I actually kind of wish they were more self-contained stories. I like a backup feature, but I know they probably would charge us an extra dollar if they made them a couple more pages. So I guess I'm okay with them not being too much longer. (laughs) It's not like they're going to start charging us more anyway. It's coming. You're (laughs) not wrong. I, I still maintain that the whole cardstock covers thing is trying to get us used to $5 comics. And I'm really not happy about it. Oh, God. Yum. Okay, so let's get our ratings in. Hmm, I think this is a good start. It was solid art. I I like, yeah, like I said, honoring what came before, but he's making it his own. But it is just the first issue of an arc, so three and a half. I'm... <laughs> The one thing that I just can't get out of my head, and I've I've, I've cried about it on the Discord <laughs> since the issue. I, I just it's just so so tough getting this image of Selena with that bob out of my head. <laughs> Bob's so <are> cute. <laughs> uh, I don't I don't know, and I'm 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 typically a Tony Daniel fan, but I don't know. There was something with this Selena that just didn't sit right with me uh so i'm gonna give it it actually would have been a four for me simply because of the story itself but since i can't get this image of selena out of my head (laughs) i'm I'm gonna go to three and a half i'm glad you mentioned that because it was such a a vivid reaction when the issue first came out i love that you included it um i'm also going to give it three and a half because um it it doesn't wow me but it does keep me interested and excited. Mm-hmm. So it's more, this is a good meat and potatoes, exciting Batman story. I love his characterization. It doesn't like make me weep or make me furious or, or it, it doesn't do something super unusual, but it's just very good. And so three and a half um, over on the site, Scott gave this a four out of five, which gives the overall uh, conglomerate, the, what do they call it? The mean of the reviews is 3.5 out of 5 stars. Let's move on to Nightwing number 68. Well, if you're anything like me and you've given up quite a while ago on Nightwing, um, or if you're like a lot of people and you gave up after he got amnesia, I'm going to do my best attempt at a very quick summary of what's been going on so you can understand what happened in 68 because 
Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense. So, Dick Grayson has been shot in the head and has amnesia. He can't remember anything after his parents' death. Though the Vat family, mainly Alfred and Barbara, attempt to reach out to him and try to convince him to return home, he rejects them. He doesn't know them, and he doesn't want anything to do with them, even going as far as setting his Nightwing lair on fire. He decides to be a cab driver and eventually starts dating a bar owner named B. Erstwhile, a Bluthaven detective, finds the remnants of the Nightwing lair fire. Almost everything in the lair was fireproof, so almost nothing has actually been destroyed. The detective, jaded by how corrupt the Bluthaven justice system is, decides to round up three others, trustworthy friends, to don Dick's four different Nightwing costumes, and they become the Nightwings. Cap driving Dick Grayson, or Rick as he prefers to be called, and who I have dubbed Uber Rick, since he drives a cab, has found that his crime-fighting muscle memory still kicks in, and after a while... Unofficially, he joins the Nightwings as well, using grease paint over his eyes as his mask. Because that works. Year of the Villain starts, and we get the Talon storyline. Rick's great-grandfather, the Talon, William Cobb, has been spying to make sure that the new kid on the block is actually Dick. Right after he confirms it, he is visited by the ghost of villains present, Lex Luthor, who offers to deliver Rick to the influence of the Talons, a group of assassins that works for the Court of Owls. If you don't know who the Court of Owls is, too bad. Talon attacks Nightwing, Nightwing Blue, and leaves him for dead before visiting Bee's bar to get close to her. Due to rolling blackouts in the city, the power in the bar goes out and the looters attack. Cobb changes to his Talon persona and kills the looters and kidnaps Bee. Rick comes to rescue her and Talon reveals who he is and what his plan is for Rick. Lex's symbol starts to shine in the sky. Rick and Talon fight until, with a Rick in a weakened state, Talon puts a pair of goggles on Rick's face that implant new memories of his life after the death of his parents. Memories of being raised by William Cobb and the Court of Owls to become an assassin. Apparently, the amnesia wasn't solely due to KJB's gunshot wound to his head, but also the court's memory manipulation, hypnosis, and drug therapy. In full Talon Ensemble, Talonric attacks the Nightwings, but before he can kill them, a flying hero called Condor Red from the Global Surveillance Ops, who I don't know if I'm supposed to know who those people are, but there they are, are investigating the Lex Luthor symbol and appears and flies Talonric away to save the Nightwings. They fight, and though Condor has a fancy flying suit and laser weapons, Talonric gets the upper hand at Talon's encouragement he almost kills condor but the hapless hero pleads for his life and talonric spares his life and removes his talon mask and smiles warmly now we are at nightwing 68 uh written by dan jurgens art by ronan cliquette and travis moore Rick is bombarded with memories of his life living at Wayne Manor and with being with the Titans, of being Robin, Nightwing, and Batman, of proposing to Barbara in a wheelchair. He remembers villains as well that wanted to kill him. It's all a blur, and he feels like he's suddenly two different people. The owls assure Talon that it's just a crack in the barrier that they created between Old Dick and Rick Talon. However, Rick sheds his Talon ensemble and grabs two sticks as weapons instead. Talon and Stick Rick have a fight at the top of the bridge. Rick wins and Talon falls to the water, declaring that uh, Rick will join them someday. Rick and the Nightwings patch things up since Rick had tried to kill them. Um, And Rick and B have a nice heart-to-heart. Rick confesses that he doesn't know who he is anymore because there are conflicting memories, some of which feel real and some which feel like wisps of smoke. Rick or Dick or Richard or Nightwing doesn't know what he wants to be called anymore, but he makes out with B and they enjoy a lovely sunset together. The end. 
All right. So, <laughs> as uh, Steph said, a lot of people have not been keeping up with this series. I myself just caught up with it last week, and I ins- I uh, suggested adding it as our second title since we don't have a Detective Comics because I was surprised at the enjoyable quality of the books. I was really not enjoying what was happening after Nightwing number 50, so I just stopped. But people told me this is worth checking out, so I did. And I wanted to share that with our listeners. Let me let me uh let me say first, this is still frustrating. I think that <laughs> Dick Grayson should no. be Dick Grayson's and Rick is stupid and Uber Rick is really, really stupid. Um but if we well, have to get <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> if, or Stickle Rick as I am now going to call him. <laughs> if we have to get stuck with Dick with amnesia, aka Uberick. This is an enjoyable way to do it until he gets back. So, with that being said, let's get started with our discussion questions. The first is some of these memories are pretty exciting and interesting. <laughs> so, we have Dick remembering that he proposed to Barbara back when she was in the wheelchair as Oracle. We also have Disco Wing, his uh, 1980s and 90s outfit. <laughs> and featured heavily is Dick as Batman. So what do you think about these specific memories being highlighted as true memories that the Court of Owls has been suppressing? Well, and you also notice one of the memories of of Wayne Manor is is having dinner together. Like that's something you would do with your family. Like it's interesting that his memory of of Alfred and Bruce isn't as Robin and Batman, even though you see that too. It's of them as a family unit. And so I think a lot of what it's specif- are showing is his relationships with people. It's his relationship with Batman and with Bruce. It's relationship with the Titans, with, with Barbara, and, you know, and then his role that he played in all those Batman and Nightwing and the history of Nightwing. So it's just, it is more emotional than maybe just showing him as Robin and being like, Oh, that, that's what it used to be. It's like, no, no, this is showing his relationships with people. And this is one thing that frustrates me about the comics is I know uh, Stan Lee's opinion, right? Was, was every comic is someone's first comic, but the level of repetitiveness in this book, I <laughs> name is Dick Grayson. I have amnesia. And let me introduce you to all my new friends, every single issue. <laughs> and he keeps repeating how he just doesn't care about the people from Gotham, you know, the old man and the redhead. I don't have, don't care anything about them. And in this issue, we finally see those memories, those bonds starting to form again. And that made me very happy. Happy, but still. Great. <laughs> Um, hopeful yeah, maybe happy was too strong a word hopeful <laughs> I, I i am in the same boat as ian i i dropped this book after after the gunshot wound and after issue 50 um and you know i caught up over the weekend reading it and i actually read a few issues twice and yeah the writing was better as you got closer to <laughs> this issue mm-hmm. but it still wasn't anything to call home about like Steph was saying the fact that you know half of the writing was just repetitive stuff mm-hmm. from each issue mm-hmm. we know who you are Rick. <laughs> shut up you know it, it kind of makes me wonder what could have been had Percy not left the book 
I, I can um, tell you what would have happened if Percy hadn't left the book. Well, I, I, I asked I kinda, him. I, I, I kind of know what would have happened also. I, I, I don't think we would have been dealing with this headache. Uh, I don't think no, he would have restored did. Rick after one issue, uh, one arc with the, yes. the mind virus, and then he mm-hmm. would have gotten Dick and Babs together in about two years. I don't know about that far, but I would no, definitely he specifically say, said that when I talked to him. Oh, he did. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 I would definitely have lo- loved for Percy to, to have stuck around. Dang it. Didio. Uh, but yeah, the issue got better. This issue was okay. Uh, the one thing that, that still gets to me now the, on the question of the, of the, of the memories, uh, most definitely they're 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 true. You know, knowing the Dick Grayson history, um, what what kind of got me out of looking at the memories and really appreciate appreciate the 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 memories as they were presented was just the art of it, the way they were drawn. I wasn't real crazy about mm. it. Uh, but knowing now that they have planted the seeds of Uberick going away and Dick Grayson possibly coming back soon, uh, makes me interested to see when it will happen. Uh, but the book still isn't there. It 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 just isn't. I I don't know what happened to the Dan Jurgens that we got with um, Action and Rebirth, but. This this Dan Jurgens and what he's doing with Nightwing just isn't. It's not great. I think that's totally fair. I thought it. I think my expectations were just so low that I just <laughs> <laughs> enjoyed it a lot more than I expected. Um, a question about the art. Um, Travis Moore does the first four and the last four pages, and then um, Ronan Cliquet does the middle ones. Um, I know Theo's already commented a little bit, but what did you think of the art and the shifts and how the overall package was presented, Steph? Um, I'm scanning through it now. I'm terrible at noticing when there's a change in artist other than when it's just painfully, painfully obvious. Um, he de-ages about 10 years between artists. <laughs> I'm just looking at, like, the last scene with his grease paint on and then, Oh no, I guess he still has the grease paint on. And then the sunset scene, like he looks about 15 there and then 35, but um, I don't know. It was fine. The art from the previous arcs, especially the fire monster arc, <laughs> the art in that was so bad. I was just so happy that they looked like human beings who are. But wasn't that click hit on, on, on that art as well? Well, he might've been, but this was not as sucky as that. <laughs> so maybe he got better, but um, yeah, it was fine. I, I agree with, with what Thea said though. Like the, the sp- splash could have been beautiful. Like, I really feel like someone needs to make up for that. The last um, Dick issue we got in Batman. That was just so awfully arted. Um, but this kind of does in that it's not as bad as that issue. But it's still not beautiful. It's just kind of cool. Like the the what it's picturing is cool, and it's done well, but it's not beautiful. I guess. 
it, and you know, if you if you if you look at it, knowing that that you know, there's only two artists on this book, and you know, the first artist, you know, it, it, Travis Moore did the first few pages and the last few pages, but if you look at them and you compare them, they really don't look the same either. So you could almost say that there were three artists, three in artists this, mm. in in this in this issue. Um, I understand why you may have multiple artists when you want to go and, you know, something like this, you know, where something is looking in the past uh, mm-hmm. compared to the current time. Um, yeah. I, but I'm just not a fan of it. And, and this, this, this first, very first page with little Robin running around and he has, you know, leggings on and, and instead of the, uh, you know, original. Because the they're not brave enough to do the original Frank. <laughs> yeah, and I knew, I knew why, but it's just like that's not that's not the original Robin outfit. Come on, guys. Yeah, it it it, it it's just not. It's I will continue to read it because again, knowing that we may be closer to getting Dick Grayson back is enough for me to want to hold on a little bit longer. Uh. But I, I I just hope the story gets better. And like I said, it seems to have improved, especially since issue fifty. And I know Ian said that as well. But it's 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 still not there. And I'm hoping at some point Jurgens get it there. Yeah, I think that's that's very fair. Um How long has Jurgens been on the book? Since has like fifty four, fifty four or fifty five. Yeah, 'cause cause cause Labdell replaced Percy and he did an arc and then that's when they may have had one more filling artist but then Jurgens jumped on. So that's I, been a long time, over a year. Because when it first started, like I know everyone was so jaded and mad that they a lot of people jumped shit, but I actually enjoyed the first few issues. Like as as a completely disconnected story, but I can understand why people were angry. And didn't but like I mean <laughs> We're over a year and a half after that, yeah. and we're still yeah, doing yeah, yeah. that story. We're so. still doing this. Yeah, no, I know. I'm so, not excusing it. I'm just looking for silver linings. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. Keep reminding us. <laughs> so that brings us to our next question. It's actually a good segue. How long do you think, how many issues uh, do you think it'll take before we finally get Dick back? Well, he has the... He, he almost seems like he does and also doesn't have all his memories back. He's very confused. I think as the emotions, memories start coming back, it'll be harder for him to stay Uberic. And especially since from the beginning, his he's like, oh, my muscle memory says I'm, I must fight crime. It's like, so you've been spending all these issues telling us you don't want to have anything to do with crime fighting. And then you crime fight Moonlighting. Moonlight is a crime fighter. It's like... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm I'm trying very hard to say nice things about this book. Um I I oof. 6 months cuz it's 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 only monthly now, right? I think in 6 issues you can have your crap back together. Unless they sabotage it on purpose again because like y'all said, they have Dick's memories. Barbara has them on a disc ready to just squishy back in his head but he doesn't want that i think there was even an issue where he said i don't want those 
implanted in me, leave me alone. I, I don't think it's gonna take that. I I I, I think you know with, with what was revealed with this issue, something's gonna happen that will allow those memories that the court has locked up to break through that wall that they've built. I just hope we don't have to wait until the latter part of 2020 to get to it. Cause I might, I might bang my own head against the wall here in my apartment. <laughs> well, just don't hire KGBs to shoot you. With that. Uh. Um, and the last question is, do you think B will survive this arc? I think that, I don't see B being a long-term love interest. I think she's nice, but compared to Corey and Babs, it's very difficult to see how she might fit long-term into a Nightwing comic. So do you think they'll just have her break up and be friends, or do you think they will do the classic annoying thing and kill her off because tragedy? What happened to the the pregnant girlfriend, or the almost pregnant girlfriend? Uh, they broke up and... Sh- they're sort of animal, but I mean, basically, Dick dumped her for Huntress. <laughs> so I was kind of thinking about that as I was reading this issue. I'm really bad about reading your notes and the questions beforehand. <laughs> but uh, I was thinking, you know, Rick's kind of no, or Dick. Oh gosh, what am I doing? Dick is kind of known as being a, not a playboy, but he he gets around and. Not all of the girls die or or are never heard from again. So I think there's hope, but she would have to become her own person. Right now, she's just the friend, the bartender, and the girlfriend. She needs to become her own character or person, I think. I don't think they're going to stay together. There's no way they're going to stay together. Dick doesn't stay with a girl forever. It doesn't. It's not going to happen. Unless he marries Barbara, it's not going to happen. I mean, I would um, be okay with him marrying Corey, too, at this point. I just have tied <laughs> a constant revolving but door. I was thinking, yeah, yeah, unless it's going to just, she just ends up being a revolving girl, girlfriend, who she was very helpful and nice, not saying anything mean about her. But, yeah, unless she becomes her own character, she's just going to be forgotten. Yeah, I think what's what's going to end up happening is we're going to get a, we're going to get a Bruce Wayne, Julie Madison type of situation where Dick gets his memories back, he remembers Babs, and mm. it's going to conflict him enough to the point where he just has to let her go. Mm-hmm. Um, I like B as a character, but the writing's on the wall, you know, yeah. you, you, and you kind of even saw it with their conversation with all of these memories and how they're conflicting. At some point, he's going to realize what he and Barbara have. And, and, I, and, and I think she's be expecting it almost yeah, from and, a conversation. Yeah, and that's I think that's gonna be the end of them as a couple. Now, will she stick around in the comic? That's still possible, but as far as the relationship uh is concerned, um I hope she hasn't made wedding plans. <laughs> but do you think she's going to, to survive or do you think that we're gonna have a tragic Ugh. Dying in hope. Dick's arms as he remembers Your everything. Girlfriend. I would hope not. I mean, we we've we've gotten so much of that throughout the years in 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 comic books. You know, you can end relationships without killing somebody off. 
you know. I agree. I just hope they that DC editorial thinks so too. I hope that at this point that there's enough. I feel like some of the storytelling that we get kind of reflects the changing of the times and expectations of stories. Like not all superheroes are now Caucasian male with black hair. Like we've we've moved on from that. And so I hope that the refrigerator girlfriend is a thing of the past. All right. Like- so uh, <laughs> on that hopeful note, which I also hope, <laughs> let's give our ratings. Go ahead, Steph. There's two ratings, though. There's the this is a new character with his own comic that happens to be called Nightwing for some reason rating. And then there's, this is Dick Grayson, but it's not Dick Grayson rating. The <laughs> uh, objective sucks. Two and a half. Two and a half. Yes, I stand by that. I give it a two. Like, the story was, the story was, much better again catching up from the from the past issues that art just killed me <laughs> oh the art just killed me so i have to give it a two fascinating because the art actually is pushing this up from a 2.5 to a three for me i i'm a big fan of travis no! <laughs> <laughs> so i i have to give it a three i think it's slightly better than average um we don't have a rating because this is actually a new comic um, but we will have a rating on the site when our review is posted, I think, on Thursday. So um, that gives us a uh, 2.5 out of 5 stars as an overall rating for Nightwing, number 68. Um, <clears throat> that brings us to an end of our main discussion. So I just want to mention a couple things. We have a new feature on our YouTube channel that we've also been posting on our Twitter called This Week in the Batman Universe Comics, and that tells you what comics are available related to the Batman Universe at your local comic store on Wednesday. We're trying to post that uh, Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to try and get it more towards Monday so people can actually use it more. But we've been having a lot of people asking, well, what is being uh, released on the comic shop on Wednesday? And so I've tried to make videos weekly for that and we'll see how that goes. Let us know if you've got any feedback about that, if you have anything you'd like us to include in those videos. We do have one piece of listener feedback. Sorry to interrupt, Master Booth. Ringing your phone now. This needs my attention. Donovan says, Farewell, Dustin. See you again someday, somewhere. The discussion of King's run and comparing it to the previous mega epic runs was very enjoyable. Personally speaking, I rank King's last under Morrison's, then Snyder's. Granted, I fell off Snyder's run for a long while, but I don't know if I've ever read a Snyder issue I outright disliked. I also don't exactly see with Darker Bruce by him or Rucka that uh, Ian was describing. King's Batman's seems much more in line with the internet's idea of Bruce, albeit he's definitely much more open to his emotions, which is good. A lot of times it felt like King was grappling with different sides to Bruce. He didn't have much charisma, and Michael Janine's art always had him making the same brooding face. Maybe it was down to Capullo, but I always felt Snyder's Bruce was a tiny bit more interesting. But Morrison was the artist who knew how to have fun and didn't take Batman so super seriously. I also enjoyed the discussion that began in the last episode relating this Thomas Wayne to the previously known one in Flashpoint. 
I too had a hard time grokking the point of his plan and appreciated the dissection on it. Well, Donovan, um, as a longtime contributor and um, just great supporter of the Batman universe and pillar of our community, uh, Mm -hmm. don't worry. We will definitely get Dustin back every now and then. Um, Won't be for a while, but he'll come back and we'll pick his brain for some rants. I... I clearly need to do a podcast on Greg Rucka's run on Batman at this point because I've been thinking about it a lot and I know Paul um, is also thinking about it. So hopefully that'll come in the next few months as well because I think that Rucka did serious work and while I think... I I stand by my my analysis of Rucka's Batman as too broken, too dark... um, it deserves more discussion and analysis than just that sentence. I will, I will say Rucker's run on detective with Batwoman was far better than its run with Batman. I mean, his run with Batwoman is just elevated by that art by J.H. Williams, the third. It is phenomenal. Um, I, I'm actually a big fan of Sean Martinborough, who did a lot of art, and Steve Lieber, who did a lot of art for his first Detective Comics run. But I, I do think that it suffered quite a bit from a, a lot of different factors. And for me, the biggest one is just the way he characterizes Bruce as unable to get his head together. <laughs> um, I agree that Mikel Janine tends to draw Bruce as very expressionless. Um, I think most people tend to draw Bruce as not having a lot of emotional range, though. Uh, I would agree that Snyder made Bruce a lot more... uh, He had a lot more life to him, a lot more fizz. But I actually... uh, I've said this before. I don't like it because it doesn't fit with previous Batman. Um, I can see how it might be a more interesting character, but it doesn't connect with who Bruce is and who Batman is to me. Did he have the crew cut through the whole run, or was that just year zero year? I think that was just zero year. That was just zero year. Was it? Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I wasn't, uh, of course, I wasn't on the podcast when you all gave, you know, gave rankings. Yeah, but Snyder would be, Snyder would be under uh, Morrison first and, and King second for me. I definitely loved uh, Morrison's run. On Batman, more than anything, other than perhaps Chuck Dixon uh, and uh, Denny O'Neill, and you know those times. But again, I'm telling my age. Um, hey, I love those too. Don't feel ashamed of it. They're great runs. <laughs> yes, you, you, Snyder's Snyder's run for the most part was just so disconnected from what I knew of Batman as a character up until mm-hmm. that point, um, and. You know, the the idea of, of Snyder, you know, cramming new characters down our throat that we didn't need or Snyder, you know, creating new continuity um, for the for the for for the universe, uh, particularly zero year hated it. Uh, it just it just did not sit well to me. And then, uh, you know, if, if zero year didn't burn the bridge for me um yeah super heavy was probably the nail in the coffin um Aww. you know i like the idea I, I, I like the idea of you know jim in 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 the jim bats you know the bunny robot. suit 
Yeah, in the bunny suit uh, <laughs> rookie. Um, but it was that that arc could have been six issues shorter. I will completely fact, agree with you on that. It was way too long. The fact that it took a year to finish that. And I knew the story, you know, they, they were trying to get the new 52 done so that they get the rebirth and have 52 issues. But, uh, no. <laughs> God, no. It was just entirely too, too long. And, you know, Snyder's not for everybody. And Jeez. Snyder's run on, on Batman just did not do it for me at all. So, you know, of of he, King, and, and Morrison, he is he is a distant third. Nowhere near to where King is in second place. All right. Well, I'm glad you, you brought that up. I, uh, I should just have that as a question for all the hosts is where you ranked the last three since that was a good discussion we had. Um, so hopefully, Donovan, that uh, responds to your points. I mean, you, that was a really thoughtful question. I really appreciate you leaving that comment. Um, we could probably do a whole podcast on the stuff you brought up there, but we are mostly focusing on the current comics. Um, feel free to leave a comment, uh, especially if you want to send us an email at tbu at batmanuniverse.net or uh, tweet us at uh, tbu underscore comics. That's where we're going to be doing most of our tweeting for this uh, season. If you are interested in guest hosting or writing reviews or anything, give us a, a tweet or a DM. Um, if you want to support us, we've got PayPal and Patreon options. And I hope that you will join us next time for episode two of Batman Universe Comic Podcast Season 12. This is Ian. This is Steph. And this is Theo. And we'll hear you next time. Groking? Is groking a word? It's grokking. It's from uh, Stranger in a Strange Land by Robert Heinlein. Oh, okay.